0: The winds of change are blowing, and it's easy to get lost and off track. Hi, I'm Renee Barabo, the Practical Shaman, Hay House author of Winds of Spirit, a Wind Whistler, and Soul Coat. This is a show for pioneers who want to learn to navigate the world with a chaotic spin, awake. Welcome back to the Practical Shaman podcast. And today I have a very special guest and a dear friend, Lori Lothian. From the first miracle of dramatically and instantly changing the weather at age nine, Lorianne Lothian was smitten with the idea that magic could be an everyday part of ordinary reality. For years, she has investigated the mystical and paranormal phenomenon, including stints as a remote viewer, professional clairvoyant, psychic treasure hunter, and more. Her 2011 overnight spiritual awakening opened her up to what she calls The Deep Magic of Being, and she now teaches others how to harness this magic in their own lives in her online courses such as the 40-Day Magic Challenge, the Deep Giving Experiment, Money Magic Lab, and coming this fall, Soul Unleashed. You can find her on YouTube or Facebook or her website, theawakendreamer.com. Well, hello, Lori, Miss Magical Lady. Hey, because we're going into the realm of magic, I was just told that it was, I had to blow the wind whistle before we got into this conversation, and that's not always the case. So who knows what magical tools are going to unfold for us today? So hold on to your hats, because the wind is going to start to blow. And as we step out of time here today, we're gonna to learn about some magical trip, uh, tricks, trips. We're gonna take it. I think we're taking a trip today because, you know, we've been talking about this, that the line, timeline is shifting and uh, you might be booted from one timeline to the next this week. And before you just get into this magical thing, have you noticed lately that a lot of people have been having these confrontation with death experiences? Have you had that in your world too? Yeah, absolutely.
1: And also, the funny you say magical tricks and magical tips and whatever.
0: And, and tricks. Trips. And
1: tri- <laughs> I, I just think I took a trip when you did the wind whistle. Like, where did I go? Was, I don't know. Where was, did you go? It was very beautiful. But yeah, you're confrontations with death, as in lately, a lot of people are experiencing death of people they know and love and animals and all of that. Is that what you're suggesting? Because I see that a lot right now.
0: Yeah. and One of my friends the other day, he almost got into a head on collision and he had a split second to decide whether he wanted to go or not.
1: Oh, yes. Okay. Yes. In that sense, I totally get what you're talking about. And sudden departures of people or sudden near departures. I really, you know, without getting really dramatic, because I'm going to teach some fun stuff today. It <laughs> does seem to me that there's a lot of um, transition happening. And it's not a bad thing. In a, you know, to me, it's like maybe a, a spirit or a soul says to themselves, I can do a better job on the other side. You know what I mean? Like, I'll be, <laughs> I'll be uh, more help over there than I can be on this side of this very intense time I'm
0: Planet Earth, it is an intense time. Sami just just woke up and sat up because you know this this podcast is cat approved, and I sit here in my podcasting studio, and Sami sits right at the helm of this whole thing. And and so when you talked about that, her ears perked up. She got up and she sat up because she wants to hear what you have to say.
1: Oh, what a beautiful thing! I love your cat. Okay, the cat woman. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, Renee, since so you know me, I'm I'm all about magic, and it's it sounds funny to talk about magic. I remember four or five years ago when I started sort of going online a bit to teach online magic classes. I remember feeling actually like I was um, strange, and. Just shortly after that, Elizabeth Gilbert comes out with a book called Big Magic. And at the time, I had a little manuscript I was working on called The Little Book of Big Magic, which I ditched after that. But the point being that more and more I'm seeing in the collective field, you know, it started with the Harry Potter, right? The Harry Potter mythos and the Muggles versus the, the, the magical people. But I'm seeing more and more people now starting to use the word magic liberally, not like woo-woo magic or not th- thinking it magic as, you know... Um, for the super strangely new age or, or even that magic is just restricted to the hat and the rabbit and the illusion, but rather using magic in the way I use magic, which is the magic of our true being, like I call it deep magic because that level of magic is nothing less than the, the perfect synchronized flow of our lives as we step into the, the power and the beauty of who and what we really are, which are divine beings here on earth. And that kind of magic is mind blowing. (laughs) And I teach that kind of magic by teaching people methods to access it.
0: You just want to just, just a, a disclaimer here. When you're in the flow of magic, it doesn't mean like your computer's not going to take a dive into the toilet or the bathtub or all of that. So I think we better, let's get people so they don't get, Thinking like, you know, magic is something that's just all of a sudden going to make their lives flow. Well, I mean, not flow, but flow, you know, the way they think that you it
1: Well, you know, you can have flow in the middle of hardship. You can have uh, serendipity and synchronistic overload. I call it hypersynchronicity in the middle of extremely challenging times, as well as times that are full of um, the things that we would like. So there's the sweet and sour of life. There will always be the sweet and sour of life. We're in a duality. We're in a polarity. And we're bound by that law of rhythm. So you're always going to find for every up, there will be a down. It's what magic is about is about the qualitative way you navigate the ups and downs or the sweet and sour of life as it unfolds. So see, you know, life gives us happy and unhappy because we don't like the circumstance or we like the circumstance, right? But magic gives us a deeper sense of abiding joy. It gives us a place from even when we're unhappy, even when we're grief stricken, even when we're sad, we still have this underlying peace, Underlying sense of abiding joy, like there's a joyfulness underneath everything else, and you can still find the sweet spots within the darkness or the in the sour. So, you know, I'll give you an example of that to make it really more concrete. You know, when my mom died, I was 39 years old, and I I was shocked. I was hit by a car. I kind of bring this up on a lot of stories because it was a turning point in life, but it was one of the most truly magical times of my life because it blew me so wide open, and so I was so um, just shattered in a good way that I began to experience more magic than I ever have. And the beginning of that magic as in synchronicity, flow, telepathy, strange events that were really just beautiful and made my heart open. Um, But one of the ones that makes me laugh the most was looking for my mother's will. And I laugh at it now because it was so sweet. Um, We're looking for my mom's will, my sisters and I, uh, just maybe two days after she was uh, hit by the car, we were back at her house trying to find it. um, it was a long, like an hour-long hour, hour long search, and we looked everywhere. Couldn't locate it at all. And so I said to my sisters, well, let's just ask my mom, which is magical, because whether my mom was there or not, I invoked this idea. There was a non-ordinary way to find the will. So let's just ask mom to give us hot, hot, cold, cold, which is that old Easter egg hunt, you know. She used to do when we were kids, like to help us find the Easter eggs hidden around the house. And so one of my sisters, about 10 minutes after, I said, let's ask for the hot, hot, cold, cold, uh, one of my sisters was looking in my dad's upstairs bedroom. He had already passed, but his stuff was still there, and um, and she said, "Oh my God!" She came running down to the dining room. She said, the heater in my in our dad's bedroom is going on. The baseboard electrical heater was blaring heat, but the thermostat was turned completely off. <laughs> it was also very cold. It was October. So that was a cold room before the heat came on. And lo and behold, of course, I did find the will in that room, in a place in the room none of us had really looked. Because I, I guess we weren't looking that hard in my dad's you know, old bedroom. No one thought she'd stick it in there. She had, right. a, she had a strange hiding spot for it. So the, and that just began a cascade of incredible synchronicity and serendipity in my life um, that had already been there, but just um, uh, accelerated. So I began to observe that all, of, all the times of my life, whether they were the most difficult, like the middle of a, a divorce or a breakup, loss of a loved one, or the most joyful, like celebrating an accomplishment, you know, celebrating um, a new relationship, that magic was always still a baseline. That, that was always available. And can I say something about that? Cause your point was so well taken. It doesn't mean you have a life without problems, but it means it does mean that you have a, a bigger sense of the unit, you know, like Gabby Bernstein's book is called the universe has your back, I think. But it basically feels like that when you're operating with magic as your operating system, you always feel like the universe has your back. You just feel like you've got like a the backup crew, you know, like things are, Things are aligning in all ways, in all times, to support your awakening and your growth. And, and you feel that. You feel taken care of when the magic is engaged, when you're dialoguing with your soul. And that's the last thing I want to say. Magic is nothing less than having an open dialogue with your soul.
0: <laughs> that's great. So give us a, a trick on the hot, hot, cold, cold or something that you said you had some magical... Cues or clues, or I actually, I, I'm so, for us as a games.
1: Yeah. I've got the I've got the ADD brain, so I wrote them down for you guys. So um, I just finished. She teaching, highlighted them. <laughs> yeah, I just finished teaching a course called the Forty Day Magic Challenge, and um, I taught it uh, two years ago online, or three years ago maybe, and I did it again just recently. And what I want to say about this because I'm going to give you three, three of about seven tools I teach in that course. And I'm, they're just easy to learn. I can explain them right now, and you guys can walk away and use them tomorrow and then have an extraordinarily different experience of your life if you're willing to try them. Each one of them is uh, simple, but each one is effective. But before I tell you what they are, I want to say something that ties in with what you said about the, the energy of the planet lately when you said people are having these kind of confrontations with death. Um, I'm also experiencing a very dramatic difference, dramatic difference between the way people are picking up these tools and using them now, as opposed to the same class I ran two or three years ago online. There's like an acceleration going on of some sort. People could just like, oh, I would have to do a lot more hand holding two or three years ago, a lot more explaining, a lot more cajoling, a lot more coaching, a lot more helping. This time I would just hand the tool out in the assignment and people would be running with it. We had 150 people in this, this class. So on the Facebook group, you had 75 or so actively engaged folks. And then the reporting of what was happening for them and the 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 way they were able to like go from like zero to a hundred, like thinking they were a muggle to becoming like the top wizard at hogwarts (laughs) so Uh so darn quickly makes me think something's happening on the planet that's accelerating everybody's capacity to remember that they have this magical essence and that little bit like neo in the matrix once you learn a few of the tricks you can begin to manipulate in a good way in a good way reality okay so here's the three tools okay the first one (laughs) (laughs) is called a it's called, a. this is my, one of my favorites for me lately. It's what I'm playing with the most. So it's called a cladon, C-L-E-D-O-N. I didn't make that word up. That exists in ancient Greece and antiquity, times of old. Um, and a cladon is using overheard conversations, snippets of people, sound bites of people's conversations as a guidance system for yourself, as a way to... Um, incite and invite synchronistic information. So I'll give you an example. Well, first of all, just so you know, in times of, uh, in times of antiquity, uh, prophets and seers used this technique purposefully. They would go sit in a very busy marketplace and they would have a question at hand, like I'm going to make up a question, like should we go to war with Sparta? <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> say, <laughs> say they were going to look for that answer to help maybe advise the uh, governor or the king or something. So they're sitting in the market and they're activating with that question and so anybody who walks past them and starts and they can hear a bit of the conversation they're going to take that as a um, they're going to start to compile clues to that answer so that was a very purposeful way you know maybe someone goes by and says sparta sucks and the next person goes by and goes damn we got to get to war with sparta soon or you know what i mean like really <laughs> straight shit like that so then in our own lives, we're not going to, none of us have time to necessarily go sit in a marketplace just waiting, but we are always standing in line at Starbucks or something like it, you know, (laughs) we're always waiting somewhere at a grocery store. We're usually, you know, even in our, um, I'm just trying to think where other places where I'm in public and I overhear conversations, Starbucks, grocery store lineups, um, Radio,
0: sometimes you hear, to use oh, the radio for that yeah, you, is that a you, different tool?
1: That's going to be a different tool. <laughs> I love it. I love when you so get ahead of me like that. Oh, I'm sorry. It's all right. It's perfect. So I'll use that one next. So the Cladon, the, the beauty of the claydon is this. It's usually you're going to overhear a snippet of somebody's conversation to an active question that you're looking for an answer to, like you're, imp- you're pondering it. So one of mine most recently was I had a question about moving to Montreal from Vancouver, and I was actively engaging that tool to see, is this a good thing for me to do now? That was in September. And I was at a Starbucks, one of my favorites. Well, any coffee shop, but I happened to be at Starbucks waiting for my coffee. And I overheard a woman in the, in the coffee shop talking with a girlfriend at a table. They were sitting down and she was saying to her friend, I was going to move, but I think I'm going to wait and move next year. And I don't know where she was going to move to, but the point was I got it. Okay, wait and move next year. And then I had a couple other synchronicities to these other tools that confirmed that. So, so I, I'm going to move, but not until next year. So using that tool... Uh, you know, it's weird. Oh you know, yeah. Like even at the gas station filling up your, your car, you may hear the guy at the pump next to talking on his cell. You're going to, you're going to find it really fun. And the weird weird part about it is, is that often their conversations of course have really nothing to do with your topic. It could be like one phrase from their conversation, one word that mm-hmm. just jumps out and you know, it's meaningful for your, your question at hand. So, and you'll notice by the way, in each of these examples, I'm going to give you the three that I'm asking for each of us to have a question. Like it's not like synchronicity is merely for entertainment and being by the campfire with our wows or stories of serendipity. It is actually a tool that can be harnessed with these techniques I'm giving you in order to be guided, in order to have clarity and insight about what is the next right action in your life. So the question matters, right? Overhearing people's conversations without a framework without a question that from which you're filtering the information makes no sense. So there. The second one is called the magic music shuffle. Thank you for introducing it early.
0: <laughs> That's, that was magical. I must have heard it early.
1: Yes, you did. So the magic music shuffle, I call it the shuffle because it's best used, it's most easily used uh, on your computer with your iTunes library. Uh, music Library, or Spotify or Pandora, or any of the music apps you may be able to use on your laptop, or like I have Spotify on my phone right and what's what this technique is good for is using music like the song, a lyric in the song, or sometimes the name of the album, depending on what you 're using if you have the app for Spotify, it gives you all of those same with Pandora and you can create like very big playlists or you can just randomly shuffle somebody else 's playlist it doesn 't matter but you have a question at hand. I have a 400-song playlist um, that I use for my questions. And I find that the answers I get, I, use, I usually take songs from the 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s because I find that the lyrics are, are far more profound than, say, rap music of, you know, or some of the music I don't like or the your contemporary mama, your, your mama, your <laughs> you mama. Like, yeah. oh, I already what? found the well. <laughs> so, yeah. But, yeah, I like the old school stuff. But you can use what you want but the point is that my playlist has a lot of the old songs and the Beatles and stuff, the sixties anyway. And I find that the music can be mind bending and I'm going to tell you just an example is so profound. It was, there's so many examples, but it goes back to the last question I was asking in September where I'm still trying to decide if I should move sooner than later. And, um, and the, uh, I used the shuffle on my Spotify app and I got the song. So the question I asked is, should I move to Montreal uh, this fall? And I did the shuffle and, you know, um, the shuffle part of the app. And the first song that shows up on my screen is a song called Traveling Without Moving. I mean, mm-hmm. seriously, what? Like, I don't even know that band. I don't even know how it got on my playlist. I don't even mean, like, what the hell. The band is, I don't remember the name of the band. I screenshot the answer, though. It's in my files. I have to do a screenshot to prove to myself this really happened. But traveling without moving, and then the cladon of hearing the conversation in the coffee shop, which was the same day, was such clear guidance for me. So that's, that's just profound for me. So using your shuffle technique, but that leads me to what you just said about the radio. When you're driving your car, you know you're not in charge of the d-day's playlist i mean the dj has a playlist at hand and you have multiple radio stations to choose from but i often find that a great way to do it is to get in my car and then either hit the scan button so that the first radio um, station slash song i hear is an answer to a question so it's got other stations to choose from or i pick a radio station with a lot of songs and not too many commercial breaks (laughs) and i say okay on the fifth or sixth song this will be an answer to the question at hand you know whenever i'm percolating and again i'm i'm very seldom am i not rewarded with the, the right song on the radio to back up that question so the car radio can be a really great tool it's a divination tool right your car radio is a guidance and divination tool
0: i love that you also now now i'm going to pipe in you also use your uh, bag of wind gods and goddesses. Oh my God! Yes, they're in my other bed. They're in my living room right now. Yeah. So what,
1: what I love with Renee's, uh, wind. I call it the bag of wind, but anyway, wind it bag. It is a bag
0: of wind. It is a wind I bag. I decided, you know what? I'm a wind bag. It's a wind bag. It's a bag of wind and yeah. a stack of wind. Yes, yeah, tried all so, these nice names, so they just didn't work.
1: Yeah. So when Ray was actually doing, when you were doing the book, when you were still creating all the winds and stuff, I actually had the beta test pile. And so I carried around in a little bag, all these little strips that I'd cut out of my printer paper for like two or three years. And they went on a trips with me. And they were often wedged in my side of my car. They're still in my car, actually the original bag. And, you know, anytime I had a question, I would just grab a wind and the wind would give me the guidance, which is a lot of fun too. But that's a great technique as having a handy Oracle deck. Of course, that's one of my oldest ones is using any kind of Oracle cards or decks or angel cards to like grab a quick answer to a question. But I, w- but I don't tend to trust those without backup. So if I was to draw a, um, a card from an Oracle of some sort uh, that gave me what I thought was clear guidance, I usually want to back it up for me with the Claydon or let's say with a magic music shuffle. Like I like to have two or three Uh, backup messages coming through for me to be really certain that I'm hearing that soul voice, that the dialogue I'm having, I'm having a clear signal to noise ratio that the signal's strong. So that's why I I introduce many techniques and and use them all, you know, for a question that I have. Um, The last one that I like a lot, and I do this one a lot because I walk in the woods a lot, I call it a wonder walk. But I first learned this technique when I was in Scotland uh, in 2000 and hmm, might have been eight, and I was with a Celtic shaman, and she was teaching women and men, there was guys on the trip, to take a long walk through this bog along the shore just outside of Edinburgh and that we would have a question in mind and then we would look for what appeared to us in nature, whether, you know, a bird, you know, swooped by us or we happened to walk by, you know, a starfish, which I did in a little tidal pond and, um, And I remember I was pondering the question of whether or not I should break up the current relationship I was in with a man who was on the trip with me to engage in a new relation to a new relationship, which is the man I eventually married and had seven years with is my currently my ex-husband and really good friend. And it was so interesting because that walk with that question, you could say selective attention that I always wanted to, you know, I really wanted to leave the relationship. So I kept looking for signs that would like go in line with that. But I was profoundly confused and extraordinarily resisting leaving that relationship. So it was quite the opposite. I was having all these signs and symbols in nature um of going separate ways i think what well, like for example where two birds were flying together but then they parted ways you know and one went and they went in two directions and, and i actually do remember that because it was they weren't the same species like I sometimes you ever see like how like a, a two a, a smaller bird will piggyback another one like with seagull with a sparrow or something or whatever it was because uh, we were on the ocean front so they were seabirds but they weren't the same species and then they parted <laughs> You're like oh damn it I do have to break up it wasn't the thing I wanted to do I hate breaking up it's hard to do <laughs> so your wonder walk is to go for a walk in your neighborhood or in the forest or along the beach or in nature it doesn't know matter where it could be in the city it doesn't have to be in nature and to allow what your attention gravitates to, and what is presented to you, to be creating a narrative of information that gives you clarity. And again, because this is probably the most interpretive and subjective of these techniques, like it's not subjective if, I, if a song shuffle is traveling without moving. That's pretty non-subjective. Objectively, I can take that message and share it with anybody and they understand what it meant. But when you're doing the wonder walk technique, it's way more interpretive and subjective. So you'll, you know, see a tree that looks like it's pregnant and you'll go, Oh, so then, you know, maybe I should have that baby, but someone else could look at that tree and go the trunk and go, it doesn't look pregnant to me. Right. So I guess the thing is, is that I say with the wonder walk, cause it's one of the most magical and it creates usually more of a narrative. Like you'll see two or three things on the walk that tell you what Direction to go in, but I always say to myself, "Well, that was great. Let me back it up with one of. I have other tools, but these these claydon and magic, the magic music shuffle,
0: are my favorites. That's great. And and, in winds of spirit, I have the wind walk, which is kind of like the wonder walk. The thing is, is, is that you invite the wind in to walk with you by going out and connecting. With through your breath and waiting for asking your question and then waiting for the wind to give you a sign that you're ready to start that walk, you Mm -hmm. know, and so you could combine those two things and, and I sometimes even hear the wind telling me things and, you know, and putting information. And to me, for the wind as well, I like the idea
1: of, you know, the wind, wind can be blowing uh, from the east, northwest or south, too. And just to go for that walk and feel which direction is the the wind coming from, you know, because each of the, as you say in your book, each of those cardinal points informs the. the, the, it's like a variation on the theme of each wind. Right. So it has its own meaning. So yeah, no, you can definitely use it as a wind walk and wind walk with a wonder walk.
0: <laughs> and for somebody who's uh, more uh, familiar with Lori's work listening, so if the wind is coming from the east, that's about your mind and the south is about your emotions and the west is about your physical harvesting and endings and the north is about the spiritual. And actually, I was with a a, a podcaster, Michael with Inspired Nation, and he was so excited after reading the book and getting his wind whistle that he sent his partner off to Colorado with just these tools to find their new home. And oh. he told me I could tell everyone this story because she, again, with that inspiring nature thing, she saw she had the wind whistle, she was watching the signs from the wind, and then this group of bison show up. And it was like this whole experience of like, you know, actually – Using these things to make big decisions, magic, little decisions. And I always say, start with the little decisions. Like, start with your magic, maybe to find your parking spot. And then, you know, then grow it up like, okay, now we're going from the mall to my new home.
1: Yes. And that's because it's a relationship with your divine essence and it requires building trust. So the winds are an aspect of the divinity of which we are all a part, even as they, are all, they have their own identity, just as, you know, nature has its own identity. We're developing that that soulful relationship with the divine in everything, and it requires a a relationship-building process. And which is why, you know, when you start out, yes, don't go for the big questions right away. Go for the smaller ones and build your trust uh, quotient up, so that now, you know, when you get the big answers, you're willing to take the risk and listen. And I have to say, it's been a life of listening to that that guidance for me, and uh, so my trust quotient is really high. But when you first start out, yeah, you're so right, Renee, start small,
0: build start, it up. Right. You know, and then you, you start a long time ago when I didn't trust it that much. I, I used to say, oh, I predicted that. And my friends said, why don't you start putting these predictions on white cards and, you know, and start seeing them. And a, a couple of years, yesterday, I was on Facebook and this, um, this woman that I was connected to, I was talking to her a couple of years ago and she was talking about uh, her niece, Okay. This new niece. I said, Oh, you're thinking about having your oh no, we're gotta get married. We're gonna you know, we're not ready for that. And then I go on Facebook yesterday, and it's been like a year and a half, whatever, and sure enough she'd just given birth and it was like, Mm
1: hmm <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. It's good to keep a tabulation in a record <laughs> Of, of all of the things that you're getting guidance on and all the information you get, cause you will be surprised at how you can go check, check, check. And uh,
0: that happens though. Well, I, we could talk all day because, you know, we have lots of magic to talk about and lots of magic between us. But let's talk about, let, tell people where they can find you when they're um, looking for more of this magical, whimsical lorry.
1: Yeah. Well, so first of all, if you're really far out there, you're willing to take a super, you know, take the red pill in the matrix and go down the rabbit hole with me, go to YouTube. But if you're not too sure about what really going down a rabbit hole, so it's just me and Laurie, just go Laurie and Loathe YouTube, you'll find my channel. But it's, that's where I go really into my most far out, far, my own cutting edge of this stuff I'm into. And it's not everybody's cup of tea. Just want to warn you guys. Now, if you really, really just want uh, kind of uh, to get to know me and keep abreast of what I'm up to, I have uh, my Facebook, you know, uh, account. And I have over, I have 5,000 friends, so you can only really follow me. But that means if you follow me, then when I announce things, like I'm teaching a course, and you can also private message me there. um, I've been on Facebook since 2008. So I really learned that platform. And I just like the vibration there because as much as I don't like Facebook sometimes I like that I can create community there and I have, you know Facebook groups for my classes and stuff so Facebook's a really if you have Facebook it's a really great option and then my my, my website blog is theawakendreamer.com theawakendreamer.com and you'll find me over there posting articles and uh, announcing what I'm up to and it's also where you can if you want a private session with me or reading there's a tab there to get a private session I actually have a sale on now but I have sales all the time but here's something else I want to say <laughs> I really want to say something about this. I, the, one of the reasons that I'm teaching people these tools is because I did readings for people for a decade in my thirties. I was a clairvoyant full-time professionally. And I began to realize I was becoming somebody else's guidance system. And I wanted people to find their own inner guidance system. I didn't want to be the one to tell them what to do and, you know, answer Should I take that job? What about this marriage? Blah, blah, blah. Cause even though I was often correct like, about the future or the, just directions things were headed for them. Um, I didn't want to be the source of that. I didn't want their dependency and I didn't want to be that person for other people. So when I do sessions with people now, it's a lot more, it's a little, it still has the future orientation and seeing the future, which I do, but it has a lot more um, getting into guidance and getting into clarity about what that person's own next move should be for their own enhancement of their own magic guidance system. So I'm more of a little bit more coachy than I used to be than I am
0: just just we dish the future up, um, yeah, so that's that 's that that 's great, and um, the the practical shaman podcast comes to you every single Wednesday. Make sure you join us here and subscribe on us uh, you can either subscribe at YouTube at Enlightening Arts or on your, download the app on iTunes and you know make us one of your favorites and share it with your friends and please. Please 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 my goal is to sell 10,000 books this year and I need your help to do that. It's a wonderful oracle you know you open it up you get some daily wind guidance and there's some more magical tools and that's what we're all about. So Wait wait tell them to order your wind, your wind whistle and the the cards are so amazing. <laughs> so the seriously the wind whistle, Uh, these are being handmade by um, a man in Mexico who only speaks Spanish, although he's uh, studying uh, anthropology at school. And so I sent him the book, which is right now currently being translated into Spanish, but I sent him the English version and he wrote me back the other day and he said, wow, because he didn't know. I mean, you know, I just said, I want these wind whistles and this is what they need to look like. And I want this and he goes, I love, you know, being anthropologist. I love that you've gone into thirty-two cultures. Oh, that's I so cool. I just was like, wow, you know. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to meeting the, the translator and him, and, and when I go do a, a tour in Spanish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The wind whistle is pure magic. Just at the beginning,
1: we we, you, we transported into another ad, ad, ad dimension. I'm sure.
0: <laughs> wherever this conversation needed to go, it will go and. Uh, stay, you know, I'm sure Lori will join me more in the future. And thank you. Have a magical, wonderful day. Thanks, Renee.